people um, have maybe jokingly uh, at times over the last couple of weeks been referring to what's going on at the minute uh, as a kind of apocalypse. I don't know if you've heard people uh, use that word. Uh, maybe I'm going to surprise you this morning by saying, actually, I think that's a good word to use about what we're going through. Uh, the word apocalypse doesn't actually mean, uh, as we might imagine, the end of the world. It actually means an unveiling or a reve revealing where what, what was hidden before is brought to light. That's what apocalypse means. Um, and I want to think this morning about how the times that you and I are living through might be a time when things that are hidden are being unveiled or revealed. Um, and I hope that'll give you maybe an encouraging perspective uh, on what we're dealing with and what we're facing uh, at the minute. Um, I want to look with you uh, at a, a strange and wonderful story in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, it's in Daniel chapter 2. Um, and let me just set the scene for a second. Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon, uh, which at the time was the world's greatest empire. But Nebuchadnezzar was troubled by bad dreams. Uh, and not only was he troubled by bad dreams, but he could find no wise man in his own kingdom to interpret his dreams for him and kind of give him reassurance. Uh, but then Nebuchadnezzar found among his people a young man called Daniel, who was an exile and a captive from the, the little insignificant land of Israel. And we're told in the story that Daniel prayed to his God, uh, and he prayed to the God who reveals deep and hidden things. So there's that theme, theme of apocalypse, things that are hidden being revealed. Daniel prays to the God who reveals deep and hidden things. And then Daniel comes before the king to explain his dream. Uh, and this is what he says. Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous dazzling statue, um, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So some of you will be laughing here because I think my clicker uh, yet again, oh, is it, it going to work for me now? I might need Dave just to move it on for me. So it wouldn't be an MCF service without my clicker failing me. Um, let me just take another drink. My bread was very dry. Daniel goes on to interpret the dream. Uh, and he explains to the king that the different materials in the image that he saw are human kingdoms or empires uh, that will come one after each other, that will rise and fall. Um, but then he speaks about how the rock, which becomes a mountain, is a different kind of king kingdom, the kingdom of God. 
a kingdom that will never be destroyed, a kingdom that will endure forever. And then Daniel finishes speaking to the king by simply saying, the dream is true. Uh, Now, you may have heard people talk about this story uh, and give a lot of attention to identifying the different empires, uh, the gold, the silver, the bronze, and so on, with different political empires, uh, Babylon and Persia and Greece and Rome and so on. Uh, That's not where I want to focus our thoughts this morning. I want to suggest that this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, that Daniel interpreted, um, is true in a wider and deeper and more general sense. Because every human kingdom has feet of clay. Every human endeavor in which we place our confidence is fragile and fallible and will one day fall. Um, I want to say, yes, that's one of the big things, one of many maybe, that's being revealed and unveiled in our time by the present shaking of our world. If we can go on, Dave, to the the image of the the feet. Let's go on um, there. Um, Every human endeavor in which we place our confidence has feet of clay. Every human kingdom has feet of clay. Uh, And maybe that's part of what's being revealed and unveiled. Um, I want to make sure um, I say this very clearly because I I don't want to be misunderstood this morning. I'm not wanting to say this morning that this virus uh, that is plaguing our world is a good thing, Uh, nor am I wanting to say that it comes from God. And it would take a much longer sermon to talk about why I'm not convinced that's a good way to speak of it. Um, I think this virus is part of the brokenness of our world. Um, And I think actually we, we all feel in our gut that it's an enemy and that we want to fight against it with every weapon at our disposal. And so we're going to be fighting this week with weapons of medicine and social distancing and hand washing and prayer and every means that we have to to fight against it. I think that instinct is right. It's our enemy and we want to fight against it. But I also believe with all my heart um, that God is able to take what the enemy intends for harm and use it for good. In fact, I think it's one of the things God uh, most characteristically does in our lives and in our world, is to take what the enemy intends for harm, to take something that is disturbing and painful and troubling, and use it for healing and blessing and salvation. And so I want to try and look at uh, this shaking that's going on at the the minute uh, from that point of view. Um, What are some of the things that you and I and our friends and neighbors may have placed our confidence in. And and at the minute, we're starting to realize that they have feet of clay. Um, I want to just name some of those things with you this morning. One of them is science and medicine. Um, I am, like, like you, I'm sure, hugely grateful for all the benefits that science and medicine bring to our lives. If you can move the slide on, Dave. Um, I'm hugely grateful, like you, for the amazing people um, who are working on our behalf in hospitals and in laboratories and uh, working on uh, fighting the current virus. Um, But sometimes, because science and medicine are so amazing, um, we forget that they are also limited, that they can't protect us from everything, and that maybe even now they can slow the virus, but they can't stop it. Uh, They can limit the number of deaths, but they can't stop death from happening. And so we realize science and medicine have feet of clay. 
Um, what about government? Um, I, I don't have any desire this morning to criticize our government or anybody else's government. Um, I'm grateful for those who are doing their best under very difficult circumstances. But governments at their very best have limits. Um, and maybe at the minute we're realizing that. Um, often when we put our trust in government, uh, part of what we're thinking about is kind of as a last resort against any threat or any enemy, there's the army <laughs> that the government can employ. Um, but here at the minute is a, an enemy against which bombs and guns and tanks are of no use. We realize that government also has feet of clay. And then there's the economy and everything that goes with it of jobs and businesses and all the rest. And, and these things are so important to us. If you can move it on, Dave. Um, they're so important to us and to our families. Uh, we trust that they will always be there. And probably most of us, uh, or many of us, felt that our jobs and our income were fairly secure. But right now, it feels like the whole infrastructure is wobbly and is shaking and is maybe falling. Let me name another one uh, where our confidence may have been or our, our focus may have been is in sport. Uh, maybe this seems like a strange one to name. Um, I was talking to a friend uh, last week who was wondering what he was going to do with all this time at home with no sport to watch uh, or read about or discuss with his friends. Um, maybe this is particularly for men, but, but, but not just for men. Um, often sport can fill up huge amounts of our time and our thoughts and our conversation. Um, and maybe we're asking some uncomfortable questions at the minute. What will men talk to each other about in these days? How will we fill our time? What will we think about? Um, who are we even when all of that is taken away? What about our, our comfortable routines? Uh, if we can move it on, Dave. We have, uh, all of us, our habits and our ways of doing things that bring us comfort. We like to go to our favorite coffee shop and get our favorite caffeinated beverage. We like to go to the cinema, go for drinks with friends, go to the gym, go shopping, book a holiday. Um, and when all of those th things suddenly stop, those comfortable routines, um, suddenly we feel very vulnerable and very exposed. Um, even it may be our church habits. Um, next slide, Dave. We have our, our weekly routines of Sunday worship and home groups and prayer meetings and volunteering at youth group uh, and all the rest. And when all of that stops, maybe we wonder what is left of our spiritual life? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus when all of that is stripped away? Um, maybe finally, uh, there's also our own abilities. Uh, maybe we felt a few weeks ago like we were doing okay with, like, with life. We were coping all right with the challenges of life. Um, and now we're facing lots of new challenges and overwhelming challenges. And lots of us feel out of our depth uh, and out of control and overwhelmed. Too many things we can't control. Too many things we can't understand. Uh, and many of us don't feel equal to the task. And so we recognize that we ourselves have feet of clay. We recognize our own uh, frailty and vulnerability. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, that iconic scene from Only Fools and Horses uh, where uh, Del Boy goes to lean on the bar um, and the bar that he thought was going to be there to support him is not there uh, with 
uh, everything that follows from that. Um, maybe I want to suggest something like that is happening in these days. We go to lean on the things that we've always depended on and they're no longer able to take our weight. Except that for us, this doesn't really feel funny. It feels kind of disturbing and distressing and disorientating. Um, I want to encourage you this morning. Um, when we lose confidence in all these things, these things we've named and others as well, um, I want to suggest to you this is a moment of great spiritual possibility. Because all things that we've named and the others as well um, always had feet of clay. It's just that in the shaking, uh, that comes to light and becomes apparent to us. Um, whenever you and I place our primary confidence in something other than God, that thing becomes what the Bible calls an idol. Um, you and I might not set up a statue in the corner of our living room and bow down to it, but when we give our trust and our confidence to something other than God, when we look to that thing to give us comfort and security and meaning and identity, it becomes an idol. Um, and I want to say two really blunt things about our idols uh, this morning uh, for myself and for you. Uh, two really blunt things. First, our idols always break our hearts. In other words, they always in the end let us down. They can't give us the things that we look to them for. Um, sometimes that takes a while to discover. So I'm going to pick on the sport example a little bit here this morning, but you might go along quite happily with sport as the center of your life. But then comes a time in middle age when your marriage starts to fall apart and suddenly you find that your football heroes are not much help to you. And perhaps that obsession is actually part of the problem. And when you end up living alone, sport won't bring you much comfort. I know that's a very blunt example. Uh, our idols in the end will always break our hearts. But secondly, our idols make us sick. What do I mean by that? Um, not, they don't make us sick in our bodies like this virus, um, but they make us sick in the very core of our being. They make us soul sick, heart sick. Um, why do they make us sick? Because we are not designed to find our life center in these things. Uh, you and I are designed with a deep need and hunger, which can only be filled by God himself. And when you and I look for life and purpose and security and identity, in created things rather than in the creator. We not only remain hungry and empty because they can't fill the void, but actually we become sick in our hearts and our souls. Something curdles, something goes wrong at a very deep level and spreads to every part of our, our lives. Um, so our idols always break our hearts and our idols always make us sick. Um, so I wonder, can you see why God in his kindness sometimes allows our idols to be shaken and even to fall. We can move on the slide, Dave. Um, because whenever you and I lose confidence in all these many things with their feet of clay, um, I want to suggest to you there is a moment of great possibility because you and I can look around and we can ask, uh, as we look around the life of our lives and our world, we can ask, is there anyone I can trust? Is there any place I can lean the weight of my life that won't give way like all these other things. And Daniel in our reading says, there is a rock which becomes a mountain which grows to fill the whole world. 
there is a kingdom which cannot be shaken. This is the kingdom that Jesus announces whenever uh, he begins his ministry and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus makes this kingdom available to anyone who wants to embrace it and enter in by faith. This is the kingdom where we find that we are loved by the Father, loved with an everlasting love. And in his love, we find our center, our comfort, our identity, our purpose. And this love will never break your heart or let you down. And it will not make you sick, but it will make you well. It will make you alive. It will make you whole. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate you from this love. Neither angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor the loss of your job, nor the loss of your health, nor the loss of your marriage. Nothing in creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Coronavirus cannot separate you from this love. Death itself cannot separate you from this love. Jeanette, in our church a few weeks ago, reminded us from the book of Hebrews uh, that one of the things Jesus came to do was to liberate us from our slavery to the fear of death. His kingdom cannot be shaken. You can trust him with your life and you can trust him with your death. I want to encourage you, uh, whenever we feel uncomfortable because our idols are shaking, uh, this is definitely true for me, the temptation will be to quickly find some new ones uh, to find some kind of comfort blanket uh, that will quickly make me feel less uneasy. Uh, and so I'm kind of aware I could easily go through the next few weeks and just eat junk food and binge watch trash TV and scroll on social media and, uh, or just stay really busy with all kinds of new daily routines and come out the other end much as I began. Can I encourage you uh, when you feel wobbly, when you feel shaken, when you feel vulnerable, when you feel weak. Can I encourage you to pause in that place? Uh, don't immediately rush past that feeling because it's a moment of great possibility. Can I encourage you to bring that feeling to the God who loves you and find your shelter and your rest in him and lean the whole weight of your life, the whole weight of your soul on him. We sang earlier on, if I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Maybe that's the heart of my encouragement to you this morning. When you feel that everything is falling, if you feel like you're falling this week, let yourself fall into the arms of love. Let yourself fall into the arms of God. A few, a few verses from the Psalms. Psalm 20 says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 146, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Here's the last thing I want to say. I want to finish with some uh, really good news. Um, whenever you and I let go of our idols and surrender them to God, uh, 
and reaffirm that our trust and our confidence is in him alone. All these other things are given back to us, but now they find their proper place, not as idols for us to lean our confidence on and look for life in, but now as good gifts from a loving father. And we can enjoy them and share them, but maybe hold a little more lightly onto them uh, as we live and not give our hearts to them. So I picked on the sports fans, so I'm going to give them some good news to finish. There will be sport again when all of this is over. But I wonder, can you imagine this with me, that perhaps our relationship with sport can be changed so we enjoy it and share in the enjoyment with others, but maybe we're not so consumed and obsessed by it. And maybe there's more room in our life and our heart for other things. And maybe in our male friendships and other friendships, we can talk about some things that matter like family and faith and even our feelings. And the same with all the other things we talked about. Uh, they're given back to us. We can be thankful for them and we can enjoy them, but hold on to them a little more lightly and be more ready to share them gladly with others and especially with the vulnerable and especially with the weak and especially with the poor. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. Let it be so. Let's pray. Uh, and then we're going to sing one more song to finish. Um, let's pray together. Father, you know uh, our hearts this morning. You know our uh, feelings. You know that we feel wobbly this morning. You know that we feel overwhelmed. You know that we feel vulnerable. Father, help us, give us courage not to rush past those feelings. Maybe to pay attention to them a little bit and to ask what you might be teaching us in this moment. Father, I want to pray you would show each of us if there are things that are falling in our lives right now that need to fall, that we need to let go. Father, if we ourselves feel like we're falling, I want to pray, would you help us to allow ourselves to fall into the arms of love and into the arms of God? and to lean all of the weight of our life and our confidence and our soul only on him. Father, I pray that we would come out of this experience transformed. Um, help us to embrace the things that you might be teaching us in these difficult days. Um, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.